Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. Bobby Lashley is your WWE champion. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Jaden Becker TV. Last night was a momentous, or should I say an almighty, Monday Night Raw. But before we get into that, let's check out our news. Chelsea Green reportedly signs a long-term contract with the WWE. Green signed a new three-year deal with the WWE since she suffered her wrist injury during her official SmackDown debut back in November before the Survivor Series pay-per-view. This is all according to Fightful Select. Green originally had a WWE contract that was set to expire this summer, but now she's locked in for another three years. Green is recovering from her wrist injury and was recently trying to get cleared, but there's no word when she'll be back in action. She has been seen on Instagram training with uh, Tyre Valkyrie, who just signed with the WWE, so uh, good things going forward for Chelsea Green, and congratulations on your long-term deal. AEW releases first mobile game. The new AEW Casino game was created in partnership with social casino developer Kema Games and is the first of three gaming titles under the AEW Games brand. AEW Casino players can choose from 10 different games to play to level up friendships and sharpen skills while competing in weekly tournaments to win trophies, chips, and leaderboard dominance. The game also includes an in-game chat system to communicate with other players plus an option to challenge the casino directly in different tournaments in poker and blackjack with up to a thousand players at once Uh, so if you're not recognizing by now this is not a wrestling video game on your mobile device this is a casino game so with multiple options you can play texas hold'em you can play blackjack you can play multiple different plethora games i downloaded it uh earlier around lunch and I played it for a little bit. I'm like, you know what? Not for me. Not for me. I'm not a big uh, casino guy. Uh, but, you know, I do do some sports betting, but not a big casino guy when it comes down to it. Uh, but if that's your cup of tea and it's AEW branded on the cover and stuff like that for the, the app art and uh, when you load in. But other than that, I haven't really seen a lot of other AEW branding other than that. So it's kind of odd, to be honest with you, but their name is uh, slapped all over it. So uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, not my cup of tea, but maybe it's yours if you're really interested in blackjack and poker and things like that. Uh, The AEW Casino Double or Nothing game is now available to download for free on Google Play and the Apple App Store. While you're there, make sure you're subscribing to the Apple Podcast uh, link the Daily DDT Podcast, that would be highly, highly appreciated. Getting into last night's Monday Night Raw, and what a show it was. What a show it was. Uh, I might have to give this one a high grade. I might really might, but we're going to have to wait until the end for that one. Uh, to start off the night, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus one-on-one, and I'm really glad we get to see this one-on-one match that we were probably supposed to see at Elimination Chamber given uh, the turn of events, obviously, that did not happen, but maybe for the better. 
definitely for the better, honestly, by the end of this match. Uh, but, of course, before this match, a promo from Drew McIntyre running through Sheamus and the Elimination Chamber uh, the past few weeks of how it's been for him. And not even McIntyre can believe The Miz at the time was the current WWE Champion and aims to main event Mania once again this year. Uh, the Miz and Morrison enter, and The Miz says, The only person at fault is Lashley, and that he is the victim of the deal. The Miz is so, so good. Every time he goes on the microphone, I really think something just comes out of him. He turns on this switch. I really can't tell uh, when... The, you you could see there's a switch that turns on that makes him into a next-level character on the microphone. He is so, so good, and uh, I, I really appreciate everything he does on that mic and for the WWE at the moment. Uh, the Miz tries to continue to, ga to gaslight the situation, trying to put McIntyre on their side. And then MVP enters with a pimp cane, I, I like to call it. Maybe not a pimp cane, but a cane to help him walk, uh, given his injury, a knee injury that was suffered a few weeks back. He still has that limp and obviously still has that cane. He says the match between The Miz and Bobby Lashley will happen at 9 p.m. Eastern and not the main event. At that time, I said sadly, but we'll see how that uh, goes through throughout the night. Sheamus enters. McIntyre and Sheamus brawl prior to the match, and McIntyre sends Sheamus over the barricade. Sheamus gets caught up in the ropes as the match starts, and he snaps his neck on the top rope. It kind of looked a little awkward there. It didn't look like it was supposed to happen, but they were play played it off nicely. 10 beats of the bottom to Sheamus, and uh, the favorite is returned with a rogue kick with McIntyre standing on the apron, dumping him to the outside. Great action back and forth. McIntyre sends Sheamus into the edge of the announce desk, while White Noise McIntyre also connected from the second rope down onto the ring, and then an Alabama slam from Sheamus to McIntyre. They were just trading their each other's moves back and forth, which I thought was really, really nice. McIntyre wins with a Claymore, putting on a fantastic match to start the show. And I'm honestly glad here that there was no championship involved, obviously, with McIntyre no longer being the champion. I'm glad that they had this match one-on-one, -on -one, no championship stipulation on the line, because at that point you could kind of assume that McIntyre was going to take the, the win there. But with McIntyre and Sheamus going one-on-one, -on -one, nothing on the line except their friendship and uh, their history, you really couldn't tell who was going to come out on top. You might have even been surprised if Sheamus would take the win there. Uh, obviously, they're riding McIntyre to the moon still, even without the belt. But uh, you would have been surprised to see Sheamus there because McIntyre didn't really have much to lose at that point. He didn't have the WWE Championship to lose, and, and if he was pinned with the WWE Championship, that would have led to something else. But now, uh, I feel like the, their feud... It's probably blown off here given the fantastic, very long match that they had, but not long in a bad way, long in a good way. And you can tell that obviously these two guys are, are legitimate friends in real life and that they wanted to have a great match. And for them to open the show the way they did, uh, they had a fantastic, fantastic match. And it just goes to show you, you don't need to be a flippy 200-pound guy to put on a great match. You don't need to be a Kenny Omega or an AJ Styles to put on a great match. You can be a Drew McIntyre and a Sheamus to put on a great match. And I know it's not that easy because you don't get those high great spots, but the storytelling involved there with them being great friends from years and years and years, and along with that, them trading each other's moves and calculating what they're doing so well because they know each other so 
well. Uh, it was really a great storytelling narrative, and I don't think it goes any further from here, but I don't think I need to see it go further from here. I really enjoyed these two and what they did to open the show for Monday Night Raw, and it really set the tone for how the rest of the night was going to look. Next match, uh, Naomi with Lana versus Nia Jax with Shayna Baszler. Uh, I wanted to make a comment here. The same way I feel about Apollo Crews before his character change, so the same way I felt about him, uh, is how I currently feel about Naomi. Naomi, once again, goes out, puts on a solid match, does what she has to do, does some acrobatic stuff, uh, does some impressive things in the ring, but and, and has a fantastic entrance, but that's it for me. There's nothing to grab onto. What am I supposed to grab onto when there's a bunch of neon lights everywhere? I'm not knocking that against her gimmick, but why? Why does she have these neon lights? Obviously, she said before, uh, years back, that, that when she started this gimmick, that uh, she she always wanted to have that. She always wanted to get those neon lights over, and uh, she wants to make that part of her character. But, yeah, it's fun, and I guess it's great for the kids and everything like that, but... Uh, for me, from a storytelling perspective, there's nothing to grab onto there. It's it's just, it, there's Naomi again. And uh, it's a shame because she uh, could be someone that is very prominent in the women's division, but currently is not. Same thing with Apollo Crews was before uh, his his change of attitude and change of character. Now that's something I can really sink my teeth into with Apollo Crews. Uh, Nia Jax is dominant throughout, slamming Naomi with a powerbomb slam variant type of move. And uh, wins the match. And I wrote in my notes here that if Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler lose the belts on Wednesday on NXT, Nia Jax will be the next Raw Women's Champion. This is before Charlotte Flair had her match and cut her promo in the night. But I just want you to know where my headspace was at the time. They're really doing something big with... Nia Jax. I really think that Nia Jax can be a dominant force and a dominant presence in the women's division given what happens with Asuka going forward. Uh, Asuka obviously has been booked to the potential that a lot of people would like. Uh, All I have to say is that she had a match with Mickie James at a pay-per-view, so I think that really just goes to show you how soured this Raw women's title run has gone for Asuka. It was off to a solid start and a lot of potential, especially after uh, Becky Lynch uh, pretty much gifted her the championship, if you will. I know they had a a Money in the Bank match technically for it, but it wasn't for it because no one knew it was for it at the time. So, um, yeah, you really look at Nia Jax and where she's going in the upward direction, Oscar is going in the downward direction, and we're talking a little bit about Charlotte Flair to wrap up that conversation. So, 9 o'clock hits, Bobby Lashley versus The Miz uh, for the WWE Championship. The Miz takes a long time to enter, and The Miz ends up not entering, and the camera cuts to backstage. The Miz complains of cramps backstage, mostly due to nerves. Lashley runs up the ramp and confronts The Miz backstage, demanding that The Miz has a match with him tonight or last night on Monday Night Raw and the the Miz tries to decline decline said he just needs more time which is I think is fantastic for the Miz trying to weasel his way out of defending his WWE championship and then the match is moved up to 10 p.m. Eastern so another hour away next match Braun Strowman and a mystery partner versus the Hurt Business 
Braun Strowman complains about Adam Pearce and Shane McMahon not being on his side. Shane McMahon and Adam Pearce enter. Surprisingly, we say Shane McMahon, but he's been on TV uh, quite often on the road to WrestleMania lately. Uh, Shane made this match to resolve a conflict, and Braun Strowman will team with Adam Pearce. And this match is now for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Adam Pearce still in his suit jacket as the match starts. Strowman dominant early on. McMahon stays ringside for this match. Strowman connects with a running power slam and is forced to tag in uh, Adam Pearce and for Braun Strowman to get out of the match. Uh, Shane McMahon forced that to happen. Pearce is rolled up and the Hurt Business retain. Uh, first of all, thank goodness that Braun Strowman and Adam Pearce aren't Raw Tag Team Champions. That would have been that WrestleMania all over again with Strowman winning with a 10-year-old, if you remember that. Uh, that We don't want to see that, obviously. We want to see our established tag teams win tag team matches, especially the champions, because, you know, that's what they do best, win matches. So we want to see that, and they did here, almost did lose it, but... You know, we, at least they're still holding on to the belts, but it did make them look a little weaker, in my opinion. But this is all leading up to something a little greater, obviously outside of the Hurt Business and definitely outside of the tag team division. I think this might be leading to a Braun Strowman, Shane O'Mac ma match at WrestleMania. I know that might sound a little bit surprising, but the fact that we're seeing Shane McMahon so much on TV does lead me towards that idea. Remember, WrestleMania is two nights this year, so with that idea in mind, they're going to have to fill some matches. And with Braun Strowman not really being in any conversation of a title picture at the moment, I definitely see Braun Strowman taking on someone in a grudge match, and why not Shane McMahon? If Shane McMahon can go up against The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match, he definitely can go up a guy like Braun Strowman and push Braun Strowman back into the, the light of rele relevancy in Monday Night Raw. I think that would be pretty good for Braun Strowman going forward. Moving on, as I flip through my notes here, Elias with Jackson Riker versus Damian Priest with Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny still has the pyro, yay, and he must... Uh, the Grammys is coming up very, very soon, and I'm telling you, he must bring that 24-7 that title to the Grammys. That is probably the most important thing Bad Bunny can do, and hopefully he will do. Maybe he'll coordinate his outfit with the 24-7 title. That will be fantastic. Priest is in control early on. Elias takes control, dominating Priest while he's dazed after being uh, run, ran into the ropes. Priest fights his way back into the match with his striking ability. Damian Priest connects with Hit the Lights and wins. Uh, Priest looked awesome in this match, even though there was some quote-unquote vulnerable spots for Damian Priest. I thought those vulnerable spots came in a good way, building him up as a fighter that can fight back into matches. He's not going to be a world beater, which I don't really want to see from a lot of wrestlers anyway, but... It depends on the wrestler, but it really, if it's Lesnar, I like seeing the world beater type of aspect. For a guy like Damian Priest, maybe I like to see the vulnerability, but for him to fight back into a match. Uh, Priest being built here like a person normally would when being called up from NXT, not like how we've seen recently, like with Riddle and with Keith Lee. They really got off to a hot, hot, hot start super early on. Uh, Keith Lee getting WWE Championship matches, Riddle being put to... Uh, go up against AJ Styles in 
his first match and ended up getting the victory there while Styles, I believe, was the Intercontinental Champion. So you notice these narratives, they're getting pushed up to the top really, really fast, really, really early on. I think Damian Priest, with his slow build and his slow burning fire, if you will, will definitely help him out in the long run. We've already seen how fast Keith Lee's fire has burned out in the eyes of WWE management and Vince, for that matter. So definitely something to take note of. Uh, Damian Priest doing a fantastic job, and so is Bad Bunny. So is Bad Bunny. I don't care what you say. I, I look at polls, and I look at people talking about Bad Bunny online and talking bad about Bad Bunny online, saying that he shouldn't be in the WWE picture at the moment. Honestly, I think D Bad Bunny might be the greatest celebrity to ever enter the WWE. Uh, I know that might be a very, very hot take, but here's my reasoning here. Bad Bunny currently holds the WWE 24-7 championship. With that championship, what he's doing is currently waving around the WWE flag wherever he goes, whether that is SNL, the Grammys, any concerts he holds, any events that he has that is outside of the WWE bubble. So let's say he has an interview or whatever. He is currently holding something physical that is pretty much like walking around waving a WWE flag without him physically having to do that. So no matter where he goes, the WWE goes, and he's getting a ton of promotion for himself, getting a ton of promotion for the WWE, especially on this road to WrestleMania. Bad Bunny gets an A++++ for what he's doing uh, with the 24-7 title and what he's doing with the WWE at the moment. Next segment, Randy Orton interview segment and I, I don't usually do a lot of the interview segments I don't take a ton of notes on them but I felt like I had to now with Randy Orton because this is where he's getting his airtime and where the story is building with The Fiend and Alexa Bliss so they take a look back at him coughing up the black liquid last week Alexa Bliss appears on the screen behind him during the interview uh, says that there's something that we should all know including Randy Orton and it's a possessed version of Randy Orton that appears on the screen that Randy Orton is looking at. And we can only assume that that possession is by the Fiend himself. And the Fiend runs through, or the possessed Randy Orton runs through what uh, is coming next for Randy Orton and the future of uh, the Fiend himself and how th the possible return may come. Orton coughs off screen and then collapses away as we hear um, him fall to the ground off camera. Uh, some people don't like how WWE is currently doing their horror. Um, I don't blame them. I don't think that it's the best thing in the world, but for what they're moving towards uh, at WrestleMania, it's definitely going to be some type of cinematic match, I believe. I think that is going to turn out very, very well, much like how the Firefly Funhouse match did last year, which was my favorite match of 2020. Uh, just because of how different it was. I believe there's, what, three punches thrown in, in total? But that match, it wasn't really a match. It was sort of an, a work of wrestling art that we haven't really ever seen from the WWE ever before, given how much they were able to laugh and look at themselves and honestly point the finger at themselves and saying that they're the issue of why some things go the way they do. Uh, that was really, really big, especially on the big stage like WrestleMania. The casual fan didn't get it, and I completely understand that, but I don't think the Firefly Funhouse match was for the casual fan. So we'll see now, going forward, how this is going to look with The Fiend and Randy Orton. It, it's great to see Bray Wyatt up on these grandest stages. You know, we had Bray Wyatt, John Cena, 
for the Final Five Funhouse match. We've seen Bray Wyatt Undertaker before, and now we're going to see Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton again, but now in a completely different light at WrestleMania and for uh, this cinematic type of era that we're living in. This is going to be really, really special. And I'm so looking forward forward to it. And we should assume that we're going to see The Fiend back by WrestleMania. I think that's fair to say. At least WrestleMania will will get The Fiend back. And uh, I think there will be a good amount of time where he's off TV. But I don't want The Fiend back on TV until WrestleMania. Maybe even the go-home show I'll be I'll, I'll able to swallow. But uh, I don't want it to be before. I remember they were doing this thing where they had The Fiend go on. Uh, SmackDown or Raw, what I don't even remember which show it was, but he would just be there and appear uh, for matches and stuff like that. The Fiend should be so special that we only see him four times a year or something like that. We see him at major pay-per-views. Bray Wyatt should be doing most of the work himself as the Bray Wyatt character and not The Fiend. The Fiend should be a special gift that we get only a few times a year to keep him fresh, keep him special. And honestly, if they just keep him for WrestleMania, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. Now, moving on, for the second time, The Miz versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. Uh, The Miz tries to push the match to WrestleMania before uh, the match in a promo. Uh, The Miz says they're having the match tonight and right now. As soon as the bell rings, The Miz runs over to the timekeeper's area, grabs the bell, runs up the ramp, and leaves, leaving Bobby Lashley in the ring for a 10 count, Bobby Lashley picks up the victory, but as we all know, DQs and countouts do not lead to a title change. So Bobby Lashley is left empty-handed. The Miz, even though he loses, keeps the WWE Championship. Backstage, Shane McMahon uh, talks to The Miz after what happened and will consider stripping The Miz of the title. Uh, I think this is really, really good. Honestly, a lot of people maybe would have been upset about it, but I think this is really, really good because Bobby Lashley is still a heel in this situation, as we all understand, because he's been a heel for so long. But it kind of makes us root for Bobby Lashley because The Miz, we don't want to see The Miz win going forward because he's not giving Bobby Lashley a fair fight. And I think a lot of people in their heart of hearts, want to see a fair fight at the end of the day. They're going to root for Lashley, who's trying to do it legit and trying to win this championship legit, instead of The Miz, who's trying to weasel his way out, making him more of a heel. Even in the sound that they're pumping into the the stadium, uh, it it sounded, you know, a mix of cheers and boos, but that's sort of kind of what you have to give out, given the fact that Bobby Lashley's been a heel for so long, you can't just give all cheers. It will be kind of weird. So it made sense to me. Uh, but we'll see in the main event as a match will be made for The Miz versus Bobby Lashley. Charlotte Flair versus Shayna Baszler. Flair cuts a promo before the match saying that she just wanted to return to be a tag team with Asuka, and now she hates the fact that she got all caught up with her dad's business and Lacey Evans' pregnancy and wants a match at Mania versus Asuka, given the fact that WrestleMania is six weeks away, funny enough. I didn't realize how close WrestleMania was, six weeks away, and uh, she wants a match with Asuka. Asuka is currently injured with her front teeth being knocked out, and they actually showed it on air, and I haven't seen it, funny enough, until they showed it on air. I know it was floating around the internet, but I never sat down and actually watched it. And, like, 
I think it was like two, three teeth that fell out into the middle of the ring, it looked like. It wasn't just one tooth. And I think it might have been a flipper, or it wasn't a flipper, but it, it was, uh, wasn't her real teeth because you saw a little bit of metal as well. But still, that looked like that hurt real bad if you're Asuka. So I don't blame her for not being on this episode of Raw. Baszler and Jax enter, and Baszler brags about kicking Asuka's teeth. Jax and Baszler believe that they are next in line for Asuka and her Raw Women's Championship. As the match starts, uh, excuse me, prior to the match, Jax and Baszler attack Flair. Um, prior to the match, leaving feathers everywhere in the ring, giving Flair was wearing her robe. As the match starts, Flair sent out of the ring, and an attack from Jax is unsuccessful. Baszler tries to lock in the Karabuta clutch, but it's unsuccessful as well, and Flair connects with Natural Selection to win. Uh, Flair versus Jax for the number one contender at Fastlane? That's what I'm thinking after this. And then do, how are you going to keep Flair out of Mania? That's my tough question. you know. And then you're going to have Flair Asuka again at WrestleMania? I know that's tough, but I also know a lot of people don't like Nia Jax in general. So it, it's really tough going forward. I personally, right now, I'm a big fan of Nia Jax. I think they're turning her in the right direction. You know, after the whole tailbone thing... A lot of people could have gone the way of saying, oh, they should turn into maybe another R-Truth in the women's division. Asuka was filling that role for quite some time, funny enough. But now, I think Nia Jax can definitely... They're trying to build legitimacy for her. They really are. They had her pin Asuka. They had her pin Sasha Banks. That's huge. Really huge for Nia Jax. So, if these belts get taken off of her... I think that she's on the right direction to beat Asuka at WrestleMania. If they don't get taken off of her this Wednesday on NXT, then I think this is Charlotte Flair's division to retake. And I think Asuka's probably going to have some time off, given the fact that she's been champion for so long, hasn't really done much with the championship, and I think we need a fresh look at Asuka once again. We've seen the evolution of Asuka a little bit throughout the pandemic. She served her purpose definitely around the month of April and May. And then as you started getting into fall and especially this winter, we didn't really see much from Asuka that made us say wow or made us say that's the Asuka that we know. So going forward, it's going to be tough for me to look at Asuka as a legitimate contender given how that she's been booked. I'd rather see her off TV, maybe for two, three months, give her a break. She's held that title for a long, long time. Have her come back and come back stronger than ever. Uh, you could even make her feud with Alexa Bliss. I feel like that would be great, uh, given that we all know that Asuka uh, has a mystical side to her, and she's able to portray that overseas. I think that will be fun. Uh, especially with Alexa Bliss and give her a chance to have a feud that doesn't revolve around the Raw Women's Championship or any championship for that matter. I think that will be good for Asuka going forward. And um, we'll see how everything turns out with her and we'll see how everything turns out, especially coming this Wednesday. Wednesday is going to be a really, really big night, not only for NXT but for the WWE because it's really going to show the trajectory of not only the women's tag team division, but the women's division as a whole. So it's all pinning on Wednesday night. Leave it at that. It's all pinning on Wednesday night. 
Next match, and I'm going to lump these two matches together. It was Retribution versus Lucha House Party and Riddle. Quick victory for Lucha House Party and Riddle. Mustafa Ali is very angry once again after the match and wants a match versus Riddle. He does get that match, Mustafa Ali versus Riddle. This is a non-title match uh, with Riddle being the United States champion. This is not a title match. Retribution distracts the ref. A top rope crash, I think, is kind of the best way I could describe it. Ends the match as Ali wins and pins the United States champion. And maybe Retribution isn't through yet after all. A lot of people want to see their demise, given that a lot of people feel that it is a failed run as a stable. Personally, I don't think that it is failed Yet, I wouldn't say failed with the ED, but I say it's failing. Uh, it's going in that direction. But uh, I think Mustafa Ali could pull something out of this, especially if he finds himself in great contention for the United States Championship. Uh, you you got to give Ali a bone. He's really been dogging it with these guys in retribution for something that a lot of people didn't expect to be much. And even though right now it still isn't much, uh, we could find some light at the end of the tunnel if uh, Ali and Riddle put on a good match, possibly at Fastlane, uh, moving forward. Main event of the evening, Bobby Lashley versus The Miz for the WWE Championship. Uh, this is the third time I said that tonight, and the build was fantastic. Honestly, I, maybe I wouldn't have mind if they did this for another week, to be honest with you, to really make me want to say, damn, I want to see Bobby Lashley win this. I, I went through that emo emotional roller coaster in three hours. Maybe that's the good thing of a three-hour Raw. They allowed me to go through an emotional roller coaster for, for three hours. Uh, the Miz pleads his case to Shane McMahon backstage on why he should be the champion moving forward and makes a really, really couple good valid points there. Talks about how uh, you know the 6 a.m. wake-up calls for interviews and everything he does with reality shows and uh you know just carrying the wwe flag as a whole i talked about bad bunny doing it well mcintyre did that throughout the pandemic era and the miz has been doing it his whole career carrying the wwe flag wherever he went whether it was to tv shows to movies to talk shows to whatever he has carried that flag like none other with or without the WWE Championship, I think it's just honestly nice to see him with the current belt and not the old belt, uh, given how far he's come in the WWE uh, since he said it himself. They expected him to be out the company in three months after he made his debut. Look where he is now. He was holding the WWE Championship. Shane McMahon enters before the match starts and announces that this is going to become a lumberjack match so The Miz can no longer escape uh, like how he did in the quote-unquote match prior. Uh, the Miz tries to make a deal outside the ring with a couple of the Lumberjacks, but Lashley puts the punishing on The Miz, and The Miz taps out to the Hurt Lock and new WWE Champion Bobby Lashley. Once he, uh, I, I, need, I need to make this point here. Bobby Lashley, 17 years in professional wrestling since he started and you look back on his career and he first started his time obviously with the WWE they gave him small title runs I believe they gave him a United States championship run and he was a two-time ECW champion that was good for Bobby Lashley at the time but it wasn't anything major that really put him over the top he would go on and he would do some MMA he did some Bellator and you know he 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 had that era of his of his uh, 
wrestling or MMA career, if you will, of his fighting career. He would then go on to have a TNA run where he was a four-time world heavyweight champion and a one-time X-Division champion. Remember him holding three belts? I think he had the King of the Mountain championship as well. So he, he held three belts at one time. He was Bobby Three Belts. You know, me, Jaden, three belts. He was Bobby Three Belts. And uh, he had his time there. Now, returning to the WWE back in 2018, he became a two-time Intercontinental Champion. He also won his second United States Championship, which we recently obviously remember. And now, Bobby Lashley is a WWE Champion, standing on top of the world. You, I'm getting a little bit emotional right now, if I'm being honest with you. You could see... After The Miz tapped out to that hurt lock, the look in his eyes, obviously it looked different from the Bobby Lashley that we know the character Bobby Lashley to be on TV. You work your whole life uh, in one job knowing that you want to be a professional wrestler and you, you have this dream of being on top of that mountain and that top mountain peak is the WWE. He finally reached that moment and a lot longer than he probably should have waited to reach that moment you see the look in his eyes his eyes are a little red very emotional moment for him but you gotta hand it to Bobby Lashley he deserves this moment probably more than a lot of other people in that locker room I am so proud sometimes to be a professional wrestling fan because you get to watch these moments not from a character standpoint but from a human standpoint from a human standpoint we just saw a man accomplish his goal to be WWE champion and it took a lot longer than expected for a lot of people but he finally reached that mountaintop congratulations congratulations to Bobby Lashley a man that definitely definitely deserves it standing on top of the world looking like Superman absolutely fantastic and then to put the cherry on top with the lumberjack surrounding the ring he takes The Miz, now former WWE champion, and puts him in the hurt lock with the rest of the locker room looking on at Bobby Lashley attack The Miz. No one coming in to save The Miz, which I thought was great as well. But what visual is that? You have the, the whole Raw locker room, excluding a few people, excluding a couple of the top stars. The Most of the Raw, Raw locker room looking at Bobby Lashley Put the former champion in the hurt lock and then stand on the second rope on top of the world with the rest of the locker room looking at him. Pretty much pretty much Bobby Lashley just saying, this is my time now and there's absolutely nothing, nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. We're going to head into the break and when we come back, I'm going to talk about three superstars that we can possibly see going forward facing Bobby Lashley for the WWE championship stick with us right here on the daily ddt podcast on this day in pro wrestling history on march 2nd 2020 last year this was a pretty tough day to do i went through and tried to do a lot of research every time we do on this day in pro wrestling and this one was a a quiet day i guess there's 365 days in a year sometimes you're gonna have quiet days i haven't really found a lot since i've been doing these podcasts but this one was kind of a tough one to find so i decided to go back to last year because there was some really good stuff last year on this day randy orton rko'd 
Beth Phoenix on an episode of Raw. This Raw was at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And you might ask, Jaden, where were you at that? I know you're from Queens. Were you at that? No, I was not at that Raw. I was up in college like how I am now. And uh, But I did have family that went, my dad and my little brother, and did end up going to that Raw. And that was actually my little brother's first time at a WWE event. And for that to be uh, his first time, he got a one heck of an introduction given that he saw Randy Orton RKO Beth Phoenix on the build-up to WrestleMania with Randy Orton versus Edge in a last man standing match that a lot of people argue went a little too long and I think I can agree with that as well. Also on that same episode, the Street Profits won the Raw Tag Team Championships. This was a huge moment for the Street Profits that now are the one of the cash cows for the WWE at the moment, and the WWE will continue to ride them until those wheels fall off, as I've had a couple conversations with people about, uh, yeah, the Street Profits are the next big thing, and I think they're going to be huge in the WWE going forward, and a lot of their momentum started there at the Barclays, so really big for the Street Profits there, and this was the second-to-last Raw before COVID-19 struck. There was one more Raw after this that had in-person fans, and after that, pandemic hit, and... We haven't had in-person fans since on Raw or SmackDown. So hopefully we'll see those again soon by WrestleMania in-person fans. Currently, there's no word on tickets. WrestleVotes just came out and said that he hasn't heard nothing. So if he hasn't heard nothing, we definitely haven't heard anything either. So it's going to be a little while till we hear about WrestleMania tickets. And uh, they're going to be expensive, just so you know, by the way. They're going to be expensive. So be emotionally prepared for that. Bobby Lashley is the new champ. I'm still a little surprised, but I'm also not surprised. I'm also not, not surprised because this is a moment that we've been waiting for. uh, And it was finally introduced to us saying, all right, we're going to let this happen. We're going to let Bobby Lashley hold on to this WWE championship. And now where does he go from here? I think there's three options, three options. I'm going to give you a favorite. Maybe not my favorite option, but like the favorite in a betting's term. I'm going to give you a long shot, which might have some hoops to jump through. And I'm also going to give you a sleeper pick, which might surprise some people, but would be a historic moment for the WWE. Let's start off with the favorite, because I'm pretty confident in this one. I think a lot of people could be confident in this one. The favorite, Drew McIntyre, former WWE champion in 2020 and 2021 was the reason why, Bobby Lashley was the reason why Drew McIntyre is no longer the current WWE champion because Bobby Lashley attacked Drew McIntyre after the Elimination Chamber. And Drew McIntyre, from a logistic standpoint, is the guy in the WWE at the moment, maybe outside of Roman Reigns, but at least on Monday Night Raw, he was the guy that carried the WWE through my favorite term, Uncharted waters, the uncharted waters of the COVID-19 pandemic through the Performance Center era, through the Thunderdome era, through uh, pretty much wrestling in shows that had no fans, no way for these wrestlers to gain any energy from the fans. So Drew McIntyre was the face of that and led us through this pandemic. And I still don't think he gets enough credit. If it's Drew McIntyre... Lashley at Mania, that would be big. You could tell a story there. 
to impact guys, funny enough, but I digress. Uh, but it would be huge. It would be huge if they had that match. And I don't think a lot of people would be upset to see that. Because that it, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is the reason. The reason Bobby Lashley is champion is because he attacked Drew McIntyre after the Elimination Chamber. This, but we could also see this match at Fastlane. Which would have come too soon, maybe. Maybe it comes too soon, but maybe it's built in towards something else. Something a little bigger and that something bigger could be my long shot and my long shot is Brock Lesnar hear me out hear me out there's a reason why he's the long shot currently we haven't seen him in a WWE ring since Wrestlemania last year losing to Drew McIntyre we don't know where Brock Lesnar currently stands when it comes to his relationship with the WWE. Brock Lesnar will also not be with Paul Heyman, assumingly, given the fact that Paul Heyman is currently on a run with Roman Reigns, and I don't think uh, Paul Heyman jumps ship at the moment or uh, splits his time between the two. I think that would be a little odd. But there's still a chance, because who wouldn't want to see two behemoths Go against each other, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Talk about something Vince would love to bring Brock Lesnar back for a match at WrestleMania versus another giant stud in Bobby Lashley. That match, Bobby Lashley currently being built like a Brock Lesnar type character in a sense where he does he doesn't talk much, he doesn't cut lengthy promos. He comes in, he puts on a fantastic match in a sense of. Uh, fantastic in the sense of length where it doesn't go too long but you get enough energy from it and I feel like Lashley can hold his own against Brock Lesnar these are going to be two behemoths of men that are I I wouldn't say Lesnar's in his prime anymore but he's in his uh, talent wise he, he's in the, the lore of being that, that godlike figure Bobby Lashley I, I would argue now his, he finally reached his goal in the back end of his prime you know, both of their primes being in odd places. You know, uh, Bobby Bobby Lashley's probably being in TNA, to be honest with you. But now finally getting his time in the sun with the WWE. And then Brock Lesnar's, maybe it was in UFC. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Or it was at the beginning of his run with the WWE where he was also a world beater. Or you could argue Lashley's prime was in WrestleMania 30 versus The Undertaker. Different spots or different places, but obviously I think they're both in towards their back end, but not Goldberg late. This is this is a good time to have these two go against each other, and it definitely could happen, but once again, a long shot, a lot of hoops that need to be jumped through backstage, and uh, a sto- from a storyline perspective, uh, still needs Brock Lesnar returning. I don't feel like uh, is justified. He can't just return and say, I want a match. He, I think he needs to return at the end of a match. Uh, and attack Bobby Lashley for that to be justified for them to have a match. And now my sleeper pick. Sleeper, sleeper. My sleeper baby. And that term has been floated around a little bit here at Ithaca College. A sleeper baby. You know, we usually use that for basketball, but now we're going to use it for pro wrestling. Sleeper baby. Keith Lee. Oh, yeah. Keith Lee. Remember how I said that it would be historic to have Keith Lee take on Bobby Lashley? For the WWE Championship. When was the last time you remember. Two African American. Superstars in the WWE. Main event a pay-per-view. 
think. Think back. Might have to think for quite some time. You're going to have to think all the way back to The Rock versus Booker T at Survivor Series. Uh, I think in 2001. That's, that's, that's far back. Last time two black superstars main evented a pay-per-view. That's a really long time ago. So, if the WWE really wants to make an impact, really wants uh, some some different attention onto this match than the obvious, and obviously this is a sleeper pick. It's it's you know this is not something that is obvious. Keith Lee we haven't seen on TV for a while. He was supposed to face Bobby Lashley at Elimination Chamber in a Triple Threat match, but now I think this is even a better time to bring Keith Lee back into the fold. This is even a better time to get Keith Lee back into the action because now they can make an impact that's outside of the WWE. They can get that attention of saying, we, we put on a, a all-black main event with Keith Lee taking on Bobby Lashley. And I think that would be absolutely fantastic for Keith Lee, for Bobby Lashley, because we would assume Bobby Lashley would pick up the victory there. Uh, if, if it's that fast lane. and But if it's that mania, that'll be even bigger. That'll be even bigger. Uh, obviously, it's uh, the main event for WrestleMania is already set with Roman Reigns at Edge. So I think it'd be better off. They did did do that at fast lane to have Keith Lee take on uh, Bobby Lashley and then move forward to WrestleMania for either Brock Lesnar, which would be awesome, or the favorite, which would be Drew McIntyre. Either way you go, I think uh, you really can't hurt you here. But once again, I can't be more happy, honestly. I, I was a little scared to see Bobby Lashley as champion because I, I didn't really know how to feel. But knowing how much he cares about this business and for that to translate through the screen hit me really hard. It hit me really hard. I felt his emotion. I felt it. Him holding that WWE championship that's now his. I felt that. And I think a lot of you felt that at home as well. Congratulations to Bobby Lashley once again. Huge moment in professional wrestling. Uh, this is the last, well, most recent African-American champion for the WWE has had since Kofi Kingston a few years back. And before that was The Rock over in 2013. And what was it before that? Uh, I can't even remember. Was, was it Booker T in, in the early 2000s? So not many. Not many to hang your hat on. But we have one now. And I think it's fantastic. And it's the right guy at the right time with a great look. I can't wait for that belt to be around his waist for him to come out with some fantastic pyro because you know the WWE pulls out all the stops for that. And I can't wait to hear the fan reaction as well. Uh, if it is cheers or if it is booze. It depends, I guess it depends about what the storyline is looking like at the time. But um, I think uh, we're going to hear a lot of cheers, hopefully. I think we'll, we'll hear some cheers in a respectful sense, not in a in a babyface sense, but in a respectful sense of, you did it, Bobby. And congratulations once again. Looking on to next episode. Tonight is Impact Wrestling. We're going to see the Good Brothers and Finjuice versus Triple XL and Reno Scum. Brian Myers versus Eddie Edwards in an eye for an eye match. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, they, they would never do that, and they aren't doing that. They, they even joked about that last episode, which I think was hilarious. Uh, but that match does have a stipulation that is the special guest referee, Matthew Cardona. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo versus Jordan Grace, the championship not on the line. Chris Bay versus Black Taurus versus Ace Austin in a number one contendership match for the X Division title. Should be fun. 
uh, Black Taurus, supposedly the one that is supposed to be re replacing Sammy Guevara in all this uh, mess that Sammy Guevara created with AEW and the Impact Wrestling relationship. Uh, we could see Ace Austin win this one. I also think Chris Bay could have a good chance at it as well, given that he's doing a great job over on Impact Wrestling, really caring. One, not caring, but being one of the mainstays in that mid-card that could find his way up to the top, but Ace Austin also think deserves it, given the fact that he won the X-Cup, so I thought that even came with a championship opportunity, so I guess I misheard. And then on BTI, before the Impact, we're going to see Raheet Raju versus James Storm, so if you watch BTI, currently I don't, I have class at that time, and then I have to go over and watch Impact right after class, so it's a little tough for me on Tuesday nights. But we make it work here on the Daily DDD Podcast because I do it for you. And I do it for moments like today where the day after a big moment of Bobby Lashley winning the championship, I want to give you my immediate reaction. And I want to hear yours. I genuinely do. So hit me up on Twitter, Jaden Becker TV. I want to hear your reaction. Also hit up, obviously, on fan side of DDT. Did a fantastic job there. Uh, all their live tweets. I don't run that Twitter, so uh, if there's a, a disconnect between what the Daily DDT Twitter says and what I say, I don't run it. And I go to bat for WWE a lot. Sometimes they don't, and I understand that there, you know, there, there's some better stuff. AEW does a great job, and you know, different promotions do a great job. But AEW and excuse me, WWE is where my like my, my heart is at currently so i know this podcast is running long but i gotta make up for this weekend where the podcast is running a little bit short a little bit short but that's what happens when there's no shows on but this weekend's gonna be great as well because we have aw revolution coming up so great week for professional wrestling especially uh coming up this wednesday as well with the nxt women's tag team championships will hopefully become NXT so we'll see going from there but that's all from me you can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode and remember you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT podcast if you like content like this check out our writers at dailyddt.com and fantastic writers at dailyddt.com I should say because they do an amazing job and if you want to hear more from me give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Jaden Becker TV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DTT Podcast.